What's up, guys? Welcome to I-90 Sports. What's up? We've never had a 4,000-yard pass, and we're the oldest franchise in the NFL. What's up, guys? Welcome to I-90 Sports. What's up? What is going on, y'all? Welcome to I-90 Sports, a podcast from Boston to Chicago and anything in between. But what's up, guys? Featuring a good friend of mine, JD from JD Rants. What's up, brother? How's it going, brother? I'm excited to get started. I'm excited for the Bears to finally start playing some football, man. And uh, yeah, let's go. Hype. Good. Good to have football back finally, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Good to finally. have football back. It's been a while. But I tell you, man, we've we got a we got a, a pretty good show today. We got a couple of a couple of really good. Um, we're gonna hit on a bunch of different topics here, but there is talk about busy off seasons and and uh, uh, just talk about the NBA off season and uh, the MLB uh, MLB a little bit. What up, Coach? What's up? Coach, early morning, yeah, early morning, yeah. This gonna be a this gonna be a weekend morning show. Your boy played a little. Uh, your boy uh, was up a little late, so I had to <laughs> slept in a little bit. It was supposed to be early this morning, but I was a little hurting. I was hurting last night. <laughs> he said early morning sports. So, yeah, this is but, early morning for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. But let's uh. Let's jump into it, man. Let's 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 get right into it. We'll start with the Patriots, and then we'll go over. We'll just rotate back and forth. Hey, your guy uh, Mac Jones there. I, I think he uh, I think he played pretty well. Like I, he's a lot smaller than I thought he was. What, how, what do you think of it? <laughs> so, well, uh, that's yeah. So let's let's start with that. Let's let's start with let's start with the pay. Let's let's take it back a little bit to the. The Patriots offseason and the draft for them. So you're you're an out. You're this is going to be a, a a good kind of podcast here, guys, and a good kind of viewpoint because it's from JD's an outsider looking in. He's a Bears fan, so it'll be interesting to get an outsider's point of view. Now, the Pats offseason they were busy, really busy. They they got they. They knew, I think, that they had to fill a lot of talent voids after the season that they had. I think they kind of took a step back at the end of last year and reassessed and said that we we have got to. It's funny though because the focus the focus of the team switched, right? Because it was it was always we can take kind of a lesser approach and a lesser talent approach because we have Brady there there you know brady there to mask a lot of the talent you know to mask a lot yes. of the deficiencies and now now it's kind of now it's kind of switched the the whole kind of outlook on that position where it's it's okay we could get to, if we could get average to above average play and surround the quarterback with as much talent as we can um and then you know, and they're going to win that way. You know that that's how they're going to win. They're going to surround a a hopefully average to above average quarterback with as much talent. And then obviously you have Bill Belichick being the, the defensive guru that he is. I think that's that was their focus this year is is let's let's stack the defense up and let's put as much talent around 
whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Cam or whether it's, you know, the rookie in, in Mac Jones or when he gets to play, like let's, and they took care of the future too. Cause when Cam leaves, then Jones is going to be the one left with, you know, he's going to be the one that, that has the talent there to kind of succeed. So I think their whole viewpoint on it, on it switched. So let's start with that and then we'll keep going into it. But what do you think of the, what did you think about how they, they handled the off season? Well, I, I, um, how they handled the off season, I think it was good because they, like you said, they, they, they actually looked in the mirror. You know I mean? Bill actually looked in the mirror for once, you know, he's got a huge inflated ego. I've said this before on Brady watch bill is, and he's a great coach. He deserves an inflated ego. He's a great coach and he's always right about a lot of things. Um, but I think bill looked in the mirror and he said, okay, all right, I'm not that good at drafting certain guys, certain talents, certain players, certain positions. So I'm just going to pay for them finally because I can't, you know, I have all this money. Brady, you know, let me get away with paying for nothing for quarterback or paying like half price for quarterback for about 20 something years. Now I can't do that. I got to pay full price for some of these guys, not necessarily the quarterback, but other positions to mask my problem because he clearly saw that, okay, I can't just put Josh McDaniels with it because that's what he thought. He thought, oh, you know, Brady, you're not that good, man. I can just put Josh McDaniels with anyone and, and, you know, I can put him with Cam Newton and we'll just win. And that clearly isn't happening. Also, I think that ultimately Cam Newton, as you've said many times over the past year or so, that he's deteriorating physically and he's um, not necessarily the athlete that he has been or ever could be again. And not only that, but he's not the best pocket passer either. So it's one of those things where it's like, what are you really giving me? I mean, he's not making much money. So it's kind of just a stand in. But that's that's kind of how I see the quarterback position. I do think he has the two tight ends. That was a big deal. I wish he would have done that with Brady was there, but whatever. Yeah, no, that that was that. that. Who are those guys? Yeah, no, that, that was... Uh... That was that was a big the two tight end thing I think was big for him was a big acquisition for him Hunter Henry and um Henry John, John Hunter Henry and John, John Smith. Henry, I think yeah. they're going to be I think they're going to be a a dangerous dangerous duo to for teams to have to defend especially if you have guys like especially if you have the two tight end set and then you have guys mm-hmm. like Aguilar and Myers and you know Bourne who are physical scrappy guys on the it's it's going to present a lot of a lot of mismatches in the not for not for cute not for 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 cornerback ones you know but i'm talking down the line i'm talking at the at the cornerback 3 level yeah. you're going to who you know it, it's that's where the mismatches are going to come in handy for for the pats is with that that depth that they have there cuz who like if you have a two tight end set and you're putting two 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 receivers on the field as well you're somewhere on the field. There's going to be one or two mismatches, and it's just a matter of finding them and 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 finding the open person. But I do think it's going to present um, some definite mismatches there. And then obviously, the addition of Ramondre Stevenson and uh, the running back room in general for the Patriots is is extremely deep. It's I think it's going to uh, I think it's going to add to the, the, it's just another kind of way that they can beat you i mean ramondre stevenson and damian harris back to back if stevenson plays if they keep him on the team instead of red shirting him or going some other route to make sure that they can get him for another year you know if they red shirt him they get him for another year you know 
but I really don't want to see him redshirted. I would rather see like Sony Michelle traded and have Ramondre Stevenson with. I would rather go that route. I would rather have him make the 53-man roster than 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 have him redshirted, because I do think he can. That a, a one-two punch of Harris and Stevenson would be. I mean, you saw how they both ran the ball. Like they 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 they're just a freight train. They're just tough to bring down. They're not afraid to lower their shoulder. They're not afraid to fight for extra yards. The Patriots' offense is going to be very very interesting. I think it's going to be a lot of quick throws, a lot of a lot of uh, the run game, and I think they're going to base that. I think they're going to run. I think they're going to base their what? <laughs> oh, your cat's foot. Anyway, no, no, no you're, you're right. I actually, was. Gonna... <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I was actually going to say that. Uh... TV. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I just see a foot just kind of Ser- seriously slowly creep into the frame. Ser- seriously, right now. <laughs> He doesn't give a shit. You know, he's, zero, zero fucks you know, my, What do you... Anyway, you no, know, I agree with you 100% though about the Patriots. And also, I think that that's something that they... When they are able to get... and Especially when they had Tom Brady too. When it, when they're able to get a good offensive line and um, just some like slot receivers like tight ends especially, like those kind yeah. of quick, quick throw receivers, the Patriots, that's when they're at their very, very best. Absolutely. Um, and that is where... And let me ask you about this. Do you think that because that's the style that they want to play, that kind of Cam Newton's days are very numbered, like numbered within weeks? Do you think that Mac Jones will get a start? Because, like, that is his style. It's the quick – that's why they drafted him. Snap, handoff, snap, quick pass. That's Mac Jones. The release – see – I like the aspects of Jones's game that I like. There's don't get me wrong. There's a lot of building blocks there that that Belichick and McDaniel's can work with. Um, I get called a uh, I get called a, a Cam Newton hater a lot, a lot, right? And it's not like I if if Cam Newton succeeds, that means the team's playing well and doing well, and the team will succeed. But at the same time, right? I just I, I just it's it's hard for me because I base like like just looking at what we saw last year. Cam Newton's when he when he first burst into the league, right when he first came on came into the league, and he he like and in his prime, what was his biggest what was his biggest attribute that that made him such a huge success? Dominant the, athleticism. The, the dominant athleticism, dude, to just be as big as he was and 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 just be as athletic as he was to be yeah. able to 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 be able to to run guys over a quarterback running guys over you know and 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 doing the things that he could do in his prime but with as you age JD that 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 stuff that stuff tends to go away and these quarterbacks that have made it for so long in the NFL the, the Drew Breeses the Aaron Rodgers the Ben Roethlisberger the the Brady, the Manning, uh, the, uh, you, you know, both Mannings. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. These, these guys, these these guys that last. Do we got a dono? Oh, no. Sorry. I, I misread that. I just thought it was money signs, money signs. <laughs> My bad. I was going to. But but so these guys that last the longest in this league, their 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 accuracy 
and their ability to read a defense and release the ball quick are what's kept them in this league. They're not the most Drew, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger. Are they the most athletic guys on the planet? No. No. Their mind is their biggest weapon. Their ability to look at a defense and and in three seconds, four seconds at at the offensive line, diagnose what's going to happen at the snap. And if they need to, change the play. So my point point being is, Cam's, I think the Pats are trying to ask. I I don't. I think Josh McDaniels is tr- is trying to ask Cam Newton to do something that he just he just can't do. He's never been right. a sixty a sixty plus percentage guy a year. He's never been that. No, he, you know? he he hasn't, and he looks slow. That's the thing. Like, and it's not it's not a slow like leg speed. It's a slow in the pocket. It and looks I don't like bl- and I don't yeah. blame him. It's just the it's just the progression of his career. Yeah. These athletic these these athletically gifted quarterbacks that that make and I'm talking guys that make two reads and then take off with the football, right? Exactly. They, that, that's, <laughs> that's exactly all what their, it is. But that's all that that's all their their mental capacity, their football IQ can handle, you know? Before the athletic ability just takes over and it's like, okay, well, my first two guys aren't there, I'm taking off, I'm running, you know? Right, exactly. But you have and, to have a high, you have to have a high football IQ to be able to run through those, to run through four reads in three seconds. You know what I mean? Three to three and a half seconds at the most. Cam and is thirty two, and I yeah, well. he's thirty two years old, and I and I don't, I don't blame, I don't blame him because a lot of this, most some of the stuff is out of his control. He's just aging and he's losing his athletic ability, you know. And then you're yeah. going to sit there and you're going to ask him when he comes into the Patriots system, the Patriots, the Patriots tried to change their system for him last year. And it just, they, and then you add in the fact the that formula. Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels has never, has never called a game and had a, a quarterback where it's been like a run first, you know, or like a, he's never had an athletic quarterback like that. It sounds like been, Tim Tebow, but like, even then, he switched between Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow quite a bit. So, so like, th- there are some stuff that I blame Cam. There's some things that you can blame Cam for, and then there's some things that are just out of his control, and you can't. But it all adds together in 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 where he's at in his career, you know. And and right. it's just it just you're. It, I think that they're just in New England. They're just asking him to do something that that it's just he's going to struggle with all the time because he just not. He just can't – I don't know how you feel, but that's that's how I look at it. I think that originally, originally speaking, like speaking like two years ago, they brought in Cam because they needed a name to kind of like band-aid the Brady situation. Like a lot of people in New England were not going to be happy with that regardless. Um, so they said, okay, well, we're going to bring in you know Cam Newton. He was in the Super Bowl recently. So we brought in another Super Bowl caliber quarterback. And he – there's a reason why California – or California, Carolina didn't want to re-sign him. There's a reason. It's because he was deteriorating and he wasn't a pocket quarterback. So when you're not a pocket quarterback and you're deteriorating physically, it's like, yeah, it's like you said with Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, when he was young, dude, people forget like this a lot. Ben Roethlisberger used to throw people around. He used to like, hike, uh, 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 
and then run like 15 like yards basically sometimes he doesn't do that anymore he hasn't done that in like six years and there's a reason for that he got a lot better at pocket quarterback he can make like five reads in a row he's like hike one two three four all right this guy's open that's what he does and now his arm is slowly deteriorating so this is going to be like his last season i feel like he's kind of like brett Favre, where his arm like kind of just slowly it's got, got worse so um it's Cam a, is like it's that a too. fact of life. Age catches yeah. up with you, man. And it's happening to Cam. And, and the reason why it's happening to Cam, I think, is because he went balls to the walls for about a decade. He went absolutely crazy, just like running over people. Like, all right, hike, running through linebackers. Dude, he's crazy. So that catches up to you a lot fast. You age faster. Like, look at Brady. He hasn't been touched for 20 years, and he looks like he's 32. He's 44. Yeah. That's nuts. So there it is. That's, I mean, that's you're right. It's age catches up to you, and that's that's Cam. I think Cam is as good as done. Like he looks like he looks like a worse version of Dwayne Haskins out there. He really does. It, it's it's tough too because some of it you can't put on him. You know, the injuries have the. I just and I like I said, I get called a Cam hater all the time, and it's I, I just I base a lot of what I see on on just like on facts. Like I don't think he's like garbage. I think he's still like no. a top thirty quarterback in the league. But maybe like twenty seven. It, it, it's the the age, the injuries, and then you're asking him. You know, the age, the injuries, and then you're asking him to be something that that he's never used to be. You know, he's he's used to just using that crazy athleticism to his advantage, and now it's it's that's kind of going away. And he like Brady, like like um, like McDaniel's and Belichick are trying to teach him like Cam, like you can't like. You can't yeah. put your shoulder into a linebacker anymore. We need you. You know, like we need you healthy. He's just too. He's too old though. Like he's he's not going to learn that. Like you tell that to Mac Jones, he'll be like, okay, yes, coach. You tell it to Cam Newton, he'll be like, yeah, okay, right on, whatever. I think a lo- a lot of Pat's Nation wanted him to succeed, and they True. still want him to succeed. It's just, it's just when they don't. I think a lot of Patriot fans, a lot of Patriot fans, when. It's all about performance. Like, at least a lot of Pats fans that I run into, that you you know, the locker room is part of it. And don't get me wrong, Cam is a great. He's been a great locker room presence there. The whole the sure. whole team loves him. Motivated. The attitude, yep. His attitude has been great. He says and does all the right things. He doesn't throw anybody under the bus. You know what I mean? He's he a good guy. No yeah. one, no one under the bus. He's his his locker room presence has been great. You know, and I thought I thought that was going to be the issue. I thought sure. he was going to come in here and the locker room and the attitude were going to be the issue. But he was young, but yeah, it's been the complete opposite. The the, the just the talent, the talent, the talent, and the and the and just the ability on the field is has been the issue. He's been the perfect. He's been he's been excellent for the organization. Been an outspoken person. Like it's been fun to be here. The you know the the training staff the coaching staff's been great saying all the right he things. embraces the hard work of the Patriots too. Y- yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. He's been nothing but great, mm-hmm. and it's just I just think that there's not too much left in in the tank there. I, I, agree. I just and you can tell he's trying too. Like it's not like oh, he's yeah. just going through the motions. He's trying and he's just not able to do it anymore. And that's what. That's what sucks too, because the guy's like not throwing in the white flag or raising the white flag and just giving up. He's actually trying, and it's just not there. And that's where I base a lot of my argument on Cam on. But here's uh, so let's now now 
I'll I'll ask you another question, JD. Right, just to go along with the 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 camp the cam thing. Sure. Um, if you are the Patriots, would you? If Cam struggles, let's let's say they're let's say they're two and four, two and five. You know. Right. Would you? Would you? Would you put? Would you put the kid in and sit Cam? Because somebody said it on the Boston Sports Radio, and it's the only thing I've pretty much agreed with uh, with them in a while. You can't. It's going to be really hard to go from Mac Jones back to Cam Newton, but to go from Cam to Mac is easy. That That's a good point. I didn't you, think about that. Once you go to Mac Jones, you can't bench the kid and go back to Newton. That's not good for either one of those guys. So the timing of that trans transition has to be right because if you screw it up, you're going to ruin not only the confidence of the young kid, but Cam's too because he's going to think, "Well, you gave up on me first. What makes you, you know what I mean?" So what do you think of that? That's a really really good point, and I honestly didn't consider it until you just said that. Um and uh that's that's very true. Uh so like what I think about is like when you think about why Cam is deteriorating you have to think about you have to be very very specific to what's happening so a lot of people like with the injury and stuff like that so his foot right his foot he used to run a lot and now he has like plantar fasciitis problems chronically chronic problems he's had like three surgeries for him so with that being said like when you're a thrower you're a uh use your feet a lot obviously even if you're just throwing the ball from the pocket so to answer that question i would say that if you start seeing deterioration like or if you start seeing anything less than like 60 percent passing with 250 yards less than one turnover a game i would go to brian hoyer for like if early on because i want to stay afloat i want to like make sure i can maybe make the wild card unless you see something overwhelming about mac jones like right now because there's still a lot of time. You have Brian Hoyer on the roster. You got him there for a reason, just in case, because you wanted to change the system away from Cam Newton to make it more like Mac Jones. But at the same time, you don't want like to get rid of Cam Newton because what if he brings more to the table than Brian Hoyer does? So yeah, they're in a they're in a very. Uh, I would say if it's before week eight, right? If it's before week eight, they're still above five hundred. You bring in Brian Hoyer if he struggles, or uh, yeah, if he struggles before week eight, before. But after week eight, give me the kid. Show me the kid. I don't care. Especially if you're below 500. Give me the kid. I don't care at that point. Like, if you guys are only, like, three and five or something, and Cam is struggling, don't I don't want to see Brian Hoyer. Just, just throw in Mac Jones at that point. Because it's sink or swim, and you're not going to keep Cam next year anyway. If he struggles early, you're not going to keep him anyway. So you might as well throw in Mac. And if you have to replace Mac uh, next year, you have to replace him. So that's that's how I'd answer that. It's kind of hard. It's a hard decision, though. Very difficult. It it definitely is, and and and, and Cam, Cam. I think they brought I think they brought Hoyer in there to be kind of a mentor to Jones. You know what I mean? If Mac Jones has any Hoyer knows that's the Patriots true. system. He's been on that team before. I think they kind of brought Hoyer in there to be that kind of like second offensive coordinator for Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, he's had a lot of experience in the system, like you said. And, um, well, so 
have you seen like I, I haven't really seen much of their system this year versus last year what did they do for cam newton last year like what did they even do i mean i, I watched they, some of the games but they tried like to incorporate they tried to incorporate some of that that quarterback option with him you know how they used to do it in carolina yeah. where they used to run him on that that kind of rpo stuff with him because he could use his legs and they <clears throat> it was successful for a little while but as soon as teams caught on to what they were you know to what they were doing and and there were there were there were games it was it was weird though because there were games where cam looked cam did look good running the football and then there were games where cam you could tell that he just looked tired now my, one of the things that i i, I want to know how you how how you feel about it but to me cam newton takes a football and drops back in a pocket and that just seems like an unnatural spot for him to be in he he when he's throwing the when they, when they ask him to consecutively throw the football he just looks tense and and tight and and i think it's you know, his foot. Uns, you know how unsure of himself that's how i would say he looks in the pocket unsure of himself can he throw but is he unsure he just looks unsure of himself that was the biggest takeaway that i took from that was the biggest thing from the small sample size that I saw from Mac Jones was that when he dropped back in the pocket, it was confident. He was upright. The the, the positioning was was you know the positioning was good. He was up on his he was up on his toes. He was he just looked confident. That's that's my was my biggest. He looked more more confident than Newton. They had similar stats, but I, I just think that Jones Jones just looked more confident in the pocket. I, I agree with you. I actually agree 100%. Um, it was a small sample size, uh, but he did look – see, Cam, and I think it does go along with what I said about his foot. So, like, let's say you're a quarterback, and especially a quarterback who runs, and your foot you've, – you've had three surgeries on it, and it still just isn't getting better right. at all, and you're trying to get comfortable in the pocket. It's like I would I would argue that, that – uh, from 2015 to 2017 in the pocket cam looked fine he was very confident in the pocket he was fine but the last few years it's slowly since his legs have gone so has his pocket skills because he's just not he's used to having an open pocket because he can run now it's always yeah. closed and it's harder everything's harder and it's more difficult so in his and he's not getting better he's getting worse so it's just all kind of crashing and uh, he says mac 10 does not have a neat he does have a neat swag to him Exactly. What's up, Carson? And swag is really important at the at the quarterback position. Swagger is really important. You got Cam swagger losing swagger, confidence, and just just how you carry yourself. And can't like I said, I I have never. I, I I'm telling you, JD, I get a lot of Cam Newton hate because they think I don't. I I, I get a, I do have a lot of I do have a lot of respect for Cam because right. he's trying to do something. He's trying to be a guy that he's never been in his entire career. And I think he's realizing he's, I think Kim is realizing that it's just the athletic ability just isn't there anymore. And he's trying to adapt his, he's trying to become a pocket passer, but reading a defense for those athletic guys that depend on that so much, they've never had to, you know, they've never had to rely on their mind more yeah. as their athletic, you know, God given talent and athletic ability. Now, now Cam at age 32, you know, 10 or 12 years into his into his career, is having to adapt his game on the fly. 
if it was just about having to adapt his his mind i think that he would do it i really think he would figure it out if it was just about that but the problem is his body is breaking down as well so he has mm -hmm. to worry about his body while trying to like do all these different things he never had to do before so it's it, like you said it's a perfect or like uh yeah you said with the mind it's a perfect storm man and i really i feel for cam because it's hard like i kind of i think of guys like um like uh donovan mcnab or even uh who's it i mean you could say even brett Favre, where like they were trying too hard i would say brett Favre is actually a better example brett Favre was like trying so hard to like push his body and it was just like and he would play no matter what because that was far he would play no matter what he would just pop some painkillers and he was in the game so and that, and that's the thing like no exactly like uh beautiful the case said um i never hated i never felt bobby hated cam he's just stating facts right he's just stating facts that there is a clear deterioration just look at the tape from cam uh and he, that's the thing he has his moments like those middle of the field throws that where he can kind of wind up and yeah. he has some time. He has his moments. Like he's not trash. He's really not one of the. He's not as bad as people think. Well, he's just he's not a star. He's trying too. It's not like he's just throwing in the white flag. He's just. It's not like he's just raising the white flag and giving right. up. He's actually trying. Doing what it's, he can. It's just not there. And, and, and when you are losing your swagger and you play with a lot of swagger, it, it affects your game tremendously. Yeah. And and yeah, if the kid does have some swagger. You might want to go with him. We'll see, though. I, I don't know. It's too early to say. I want to see more preseason games for Mac Jones. For Mac 10, as they say. I never felt... Oh, yeah. We already saw that one. Patrick the what? Weirdo. Uh, another thing that about last year was that everything was predictable. Yeah, I, I, I predicted... You know what wasn't predictable? That Brady won, would win a Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> see, I, I didn't see that coming. I really didn't. I thought like, okay, I thought the Patriots are going to go 500. They did a little better, didn't they? They went like nine and seven or something like that. Yeah. Or, yeah. Nine, nine and seven. seven. Yeah. So they, they were okay. They were pretty good. Um, and Cam was actually better than I thought he would be, to be honest. Um, yeah. So they, let's transfer over JD. Let's go. Sure. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's take a run down I-90 and head into the Windy City. <laughs> so Come on my way. So. Chicago drafts Justin Fields in the offseason. Um, that was a shocker. I didn't expect them. I didn't expect, I them, I didn't expect them to go to go after him. I think if I, I was thinking if he fell to them, they would they would take him. But they actively moved up to get him. They did. They, they moved did move up, up to get him. So what do you? What was your initial reaction to getting to getting Fields? I mean, I think we were doing a thing together, weren't we? Weren't we covering the draft we together? And I was freaking out. Together. Yeah. What was your was, initial reaction? I was incredibly excited. I remember, like, I, I, I was like, really, like, really, this is really happening. <laughs> so, like, uh, let's let's like take a step back though, really, really quick, because I want to think about like the media has been all like they've been talking about the Chicago Bears, like they know what's going on in Chicago, and they don't. It's kind of funny, actually. Uh, like the mainstream ESPN, all them. So they basically are saying that for some reason they think that Matt Nagy is on the hot seat, um, and they thought that. And I even said before the draft, before we drafted Justin Fields, I said Matt Nagy's not on the hot seat. Maybe Ryan Pace is, but that's only arguable. This yeah. move has the potential to secure Ryan Pace a job for like a decade. Like if, if it Justin, works, if Fields, it works out well, easily, easily, if he's even a top fifteen quarterback. 
he's going to have an extension on his on his uh, contract. Ryan Pace will keep him for a long time. But my initial reaction was, holy crap, he is swinging for the fences. Because th- keep in mind, no other GM, I don't think, I think it's like maybe only two other GMs ever, have ever drafted a quarterback in, like in the top five back-to-back and like, or no, it wasn't the top five, in the top ten. Was it 11? I don't remember. Either way, it was nobody's drafted two quarterbacks that high within like three years, besides like the Cardinals, I think. It's like yeah. the, the the Arizona Cardinals, and then like maybe one other team. That's it. And the Bears. So it does not happen that often. I was shocked. I was like, we're not. I was like, we'll probably get an offensive line, something like that. So this is swinging for the fences. I really hope it works out. There's a lot of there's a lot of like hype for um for hey I I understand Karam but there was a lot of hype for um Justin Fields coming out of camp people are comparing him to Russell Wilson with his leadership and his throwing ability people are saying that like he's just the most fantastic like they there was a um, scrimmage between the Dolphins and the Bears last week and there was like multiple scouts saying oh yeah he was the best player on the field he was the best offensive player on the field no question he was the best so that's in, it's really encouraging Jimmy Graham was raving about him. I'm excited about this kid. Uh, it's not even necessarily his skills or his tape because I did watch his Ohio State tape and some of it is impressive, but it's not even about that. It's about his mentality, right? The brain, like upstairs, because that's what the quarterback's all about. This mm-hmm. kid, Fields, man, he is incredibly confident. One, he is determined, too, which is like good. He's really professional. He's really professional. Like he shows, you know, he's always got like a nice. Uh, shirt on always he's always just like really locked in focused on football you can tell he's just he said um I, i'm just excited I, it was pure excitement when yeah. it happened and i'm excited and uh Karam says jd i was throwing uh, ryan pace under the bus not gonna lie during the offseason and he has a couple like i Trubisky feel like move a was lot of good. chicago bears fans were fed were were coming to the end of their rope with with him with i feel, pace, I, feel yeah. like, I feel that not Nagy though. That's the thing. I would say only like a no, tiny upper, portion. Upper management. Upper management. Yeah. Not Nagy. Not the coach. Upper upper management. Because two out of three years we've made the made the playoffs, dude, and we were like this close from going to the second round of the playoffs if it weren't for a field goal kicker. So and yeah, no, it's he's safe. Nagy is safe in my opinion. He's the best offensive coach the Bears have ever had. End of, end of discussion. Uh, he's and uh, he said, um, I, I feel Fields is going to take a page from Brady and use the doubt as fuel. They did doubt him, bro. They were talking shit about him before the before the draft. Excuse my language. Yeah, no, they they were. There was some definite. Yeah, they. A lot of the a lot of the guys were 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 talking. They were like they talked down the pick a lot. A lot of them did. They did. They're like, oh, how are you going to draft Justin Fields? You just like this is going to be Mitchell Trubisky 2.0, and it's like, dude, he's nothing like. First of all, Mitchell Trubisky. He played in North Carolina. I'm not trying to trash him at all. I think he's a pretty good quarterback, actually. I think he's like probably the 35th, 36th best quarterback in the world. Um, but Trubisky couldn't win at North Carolina, dude. He couldn't win in the ACC. All right, like I'm that's sorry. That's not even. That's not a lot. Like there's only a couple of teams in that in They're that conference that are real competition. He like lost. Yeah, he lose to like crappy teams all the time. Fields. Went to the title game like twice. Went to the like he's been he's a winner, dude. Fields is a freaking winner. Mm. Um, so I'm excited. He's a lot of people are like, oh, Ohio State quarterbacks never work out in the NFL. Um, first of all, quarterbacks rarely work out in the NFL. Period. It, like across the board. But I think yeah. that Fields has the right mentality. Like mm-hmm. the brain is there. 
and I like that. Also, he had the highest score. I don't know how relevant this is, but he had the highest score on um, one of those QB tests. The, like was the it the measure. Wonderlock or whatever it is? He had like the highest score ever, like ever. It was like him and like two other guys were, I think it was like Baker Mayfield had one of the highest scores. I think like Peyton Manning had one of the highest. Like these guys are smart, dude. Fields is yeah. really smart, guys. Like do not underestimate this kid. He's intelligent. So I'm excited, man. I'm like beyond excited. And I, and I feel like a lot of the chats, uh, people so like this Carson kid. Makes a makes a good point. He said, will, he says, will Chicago, will Chicago revamp the offense to fit Fields' style? Will they? Um, will, yeah. Will they, will they, will they cater oh, the yeah. offense to Fields' style? Entirely. Entirely. We've, we're what we call low self-esteem. We're not like the Patriots. Okay. Like the Patriots have like a standard, right? They, there's the Patriot way. Like they have their offense. They're going to do so, like, they might adjust things to help people like for cam example, uh, for example, but, mm -hmm. but we're not the Patriots. Do we are a low, we, okay. I'm going to drop this piece of knowledge, everybody. All right. <laughs> it's really embarrassing, dude. This is the most embarrassing thing ever. The Bears are the only franchise, the only franchise in the NFL who've never had a 4,000-yard passer. And we're the oldest franchise in the NFL. We now, and the Packers are the oldest franchise. We never had a 4,000-yard passer. Trash. So here's an interesting comment right here. This is this is an interesting comment. And it, it it's true. Yeah. No, Mac 10, Mac 10 is a great... The more I, the more I, I see it, like especially that preseason game, the more I'm like, yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah. Even though it was a small sample size, Jones, you could tell that the building blocks are definitely there for them, for the Patriots and Josh McDaniels to work off of. Definitely, the personality feels right. Yeah, just that that fiery young, like give me more, more of the challenge. Motivated, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's the same thing. Like you could say, you could argue that's the same thing with Fields too. He's motivated. Mm -hmm. He's he. Oh, yeah. You could tell he wants to succeed. Fields has more, like you said, higher ceiling. He doesn't. He hasn't reached the ceiling. He's probably like halfway there. You can tell by his tape. He's still raw in a lot of ways. But Matt Nagy is like he's an excellent. First of all, Patrick Mahomes even said a lot of the stuff that uh, that he learned was from like Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy. Yeah. So, like, not to say Andy Reid didn't. I'm sure Andy Reid taught him a lot of stuff. But, like, those were the offensive guys next to Patrick Mahomes during his ascension to greatness. Yeah. So, I Into want no one else but Matt Nagy in the room. <laughs> so, so what do you – what do you, so, let's – before we before we transition over to, to basketball, um, what do you think – what do you think the ceiling – what do you think the ceiling for uh, – for Bears. Fields is this year. What do you what do you think his his ceiling's going to be? Oh man, that's a really that's a loaded question right there. Uh this year, just like this, talking like this season, his rookie season. What do you what do you think he's going to he'll be able to accomplish this year? I don't think he'll be anything like Justin Herbert. I don't I don't think cuz Justin Herbert blew us away last year. Like he was the best, but I do think that I do think he'll see the field. I think that if we and, and also I think that a lot of people are like oh if they don't win ten games then uh, they're all going to get fired. It's like no, they're not. They just drafted a quarterback. They're not. They're going to be there for three years minimum. Uh, so I, I think that he'll see the field. Um, I think that if Andy Dalton gets hurt or if Andy Dalton doesn't play well, 
by week five, Fields will be in there, and that will blow up like the fan base. The fan base will be beyond excited. Uh, and beyond that, I don't care what happens. I, I like I have no expect. Like, what's the ceiling? The ceiling is the playoffs. That's the ceiling. The ceiling is maybe winning a one playoff game. That would be really cool because Matt so Nagy. Get into the playoff. Get into the playoffs and get get one playoff win. Yeah, we know Matt Nagy's capable of that. But yeah. I have no expectations. If Field gets in there and like loses five games in a row, that's not going to bother me. I'll be like, okay, well, we'll see. Give it a couple I, years. Because I think you guys' division is going to be a rock fight this year. The Packers are going to be good, I think, um, despite all their inner turmoil. I think that the Vikings. I don't know about the You said they weren't. I don't. I, I have questions. I have questions. I have questions them. about I them do. too. Yeah, I, I don't know about the Vikings. And then, um, as far as the Lions go, the Lions are going to be trash. I think. I hope the Lions are trash. They, at least they're they're. There's a lot of hype surrounding the Lions, but there's a lot of hype surrounding them a lot lots of years, and it just never. Yeah. Until the Lions prove prove me wrong, they're still the Lions. Well, it's just their their coach is like just talking a lot of crap. I get. I don't know. He's like he's like the new Rex Ryan or something. I don't know what he's he's weird, but whatever. Yeah, Lions are in real. So JD, this is a retool for your Bears. I I, I think that this is a. This is a hey we, like we messed up with Trubisky. He wasn't bad. He just wasn't what we need. We need someone who can push us over the top. And this is a let's start over with this kid. Let's keep all the same young guys we have, like Tariq Cohen and Allen Robinson, and a lot of these guys who are still with the team. Um, we still they got a good the reset offensive line the at the quarterback position. Exactly, they definitely yeah, just exactly. hit the reset button. Just the QBs though. That's it. Just the QB. We don't. We're pretty good. We got white white hair and a couple of good Leno. No, not Leno. Anyway, got a couple of good guys. So talk about busy off seasons. <laughs> Both of our NBA teams had busy off seasons. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Um, yeah, they did. The Bulls and the Celtics both had busy off seasons. The Celtics, the Celtics, uh, unfortunately, they they their season ended with a lot of disappointment and just a lot of like underwhelming, and the second half of the year for them just wasn't it wasn't good. They there were games where you could tell that they just they weren't in it. That like mentally, physically, they just they they just you could tell that they just kind of threw the white flag up. And it's 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 I mean it was not fun to watch because you're just sitting there and you have it's it's like a slow you know the out the how the end of the you know you you know the ending to the movie before it even you know before it's even over it's painful and it, it's it's just i mean they the offseason hit and they just immediately the celtics immediately <laughs> just started making moves stevens is no longer the coach he's in the front office now you know they have a new coach Ime Udoku, who who is from what, from everything that I hear, who is incredibly respected by all the guy by Tatum Brown, smart. A lot of the guys on the team have a, a real good amount uh, of respect for him, and they they really do like him. I I um, you know, so you you take you you take Stevens out, and I think, I mean, I don't know how you felt about it, JD, but I, I think they they that like at the halfway point or even even a little maybe a little past the halfway point they just gave up on them they they you could tell that Stevens was not reaching those guys and they just it just wasn't going to work so they needed a change and we'll start with that what did you think of the the Stevens out of Stevens out as the coach and then they put him in the front office 
that move uh, was very interesting, especially what happened after that happened. But but I will talk about that first. So I would say that Danny Ainge was Danny Ainge got the Celtics back to the promised land. Was it three times and they won one? Um, so he had a lot of uh, what they call like equity, I guess, at, at, in the Celtics room. Also, yeah. he was a point guard for them when they won a few titles. So he had a lot of equity in that room. But they had to, they were suffering from an identity crisis, the Celtics were. Uh, And I think they somewhat still are, but I think they're starting to find themselves a little bit. Uh, And I think that Brad Stevens, this is what I predict. This is all speculation. I have absolutely no sources whatsoever. This is just complete conjecture, me stabbed in the dark. I think that Brad Stevens was very upset about the Al Horford non-signing. Um, because Al Horford was clearly the Tim Duncan of his, of his system, and yeah. he didn't necessarily always put up the same numbers or look as uh, dominant as Tim Duncan, but he was clearly the Tim Duncan of the system. Once he was gone, the system went up in shambles. It was absolute chaos. You didn't know who was going to be the... It was like, I would watch the Celtics game and be like, what are they doing? They'd be like, pass over here, pass over there. Whoa, 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 what is this? It used to be pass, 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 open shot. Pass, 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 open shot. Mm-hmm. And like from 2017 to 2019, that's what it was. Right when they got rid of Horford, it was, I want the ball. No, I want the ball. It was, it was weird. It was definitely weird. I've never seen that with the Celtics before. Um, I think the lack of point guard to a true point guard hurt them as well. It, it did. Now, and I don't know that Dennis Schroeder helps that. I don't know. I hope the, so. The, the, the the lack of a true point guard i think is what really has hurt like, like they with with the lineup that they have now and i i I'll, i want to get your opinion on it but here's mine with the lineup that they have now tatum brown smart you know the the starting five and with kemba in there which who they who they couldn't they couldn't he could they couldn't depend on him you know no like, he's always hurt and and you need a with a lineup like the Celtics have right now, you need a pass first point guard, a guy who's going to facilitate the basketball to guys who can shoot like Tatum, like Brown, like, you know, uh, um, guys, you know, just a, a facilitator. He doesn't have, if he scores nine points, 10 points a game, that's great. But if he had, and he has 12 assists, that's what you're looking for. You know? Yeah. Like Lonzo and, ball or something. And, 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 and just a guy who's happy with that, who's not going to care, you know, a guy who's – that's what you need, a facilitator, and they just didn't have it. Um, now, like, they – they the, the, the Danny Ainge, just to get back to the, the front office moves now, that – I to me, at the end of the season, I think the writing was on the wall with that. I really do. I think yeah. the writing was on the wall with that. At the end of the year, everybody, a lot of Celtics fans felt disappointed, and they felt like the team could have gone – farther the team they should have gone farther with the with the teams that were in the playoffs right with the teams that were in the playoffs the celtics with the talent on that team should have been in that mix they should have been in that mix they should have been there and they weren't and what does that tell you that's an effort and a coaching and i just a, it's an effort and a coaching thing it, it just i i, I never I um that, huh oh i was gonna say they never really like replaced people that they got yeah. rid of either that's another problem. Like they didn't replace Terry Rozier with anyone. They didn't give anyone the ball like for a good like um, ten minutes in the third quarter, like they did Terry Rozier. 
so they just that's just a gap that they just kind of let happen. They're just like, oh well, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. It'll work out. And it never really did. <laughs> and they never replaced, you know, yeah, we talked about Horford, but yeah, they it's it's it, it was like kind of a comedy, and I, I agree, the writing was on the wall. They they were like uh it was almost like Ainge was like like a year prior was like, all right, we'll do things my way. But if it doesn't work out, you can have my job. <laughs> and it didn't work out. So Brad Stevens is like, all right, I'll take your job now. <laughs> it's kind of how that's kind of how it worked. But Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, oh. let's let's talk about him. So this they, mm. they got they got so they got Al Horford back, which I think so we'll we'll we'll, just, we'll talk about a few of these guys that they that they they got back and a few and a few that they lost. Um so we'll we'll since uh Karam asked about Schroeder, what do you think Schroeder, what do you think of the Schroeder signing for the for the Celtics? I don't love it. Um he obviously is better than probably anyone else they could have gotten for the money they got him for. So that's good. Um obviously that's that's good uh that they that they got him for a low price. Uh but at the same time, I don't know if he's really what they're looking for. They should have I, they probably couldn't afford Lonzo Ball uh, or didn't want to spend that much money on him, but they should have gotten Lonzo Ball. That would have been perfect for them. They would have had an incredible, incredibly good defensive backcourt. Um, now they have a hole in Schroeder. Uh, but I do think offensively, he does help sometimes. He will help sometimes. Like whenever you need uh, someone to go get a basket and Tatum's on the bench and maybe, uh, what's his, darn it. I just lost. I'm so Brown. Yeah. yeah. Whenever Brown's being covered or something like that, Schroeder can go get you a basket. So that's good. He's not the worst you could have done. That's, that's kind of what I, and for the money, he's great for the money. He's great. I'll give him that. I'll give you that. I think it was purely a depth, a depth piece. They were yeah. just looking to fill a spot on the bench. He was, he, like you said, he can give you a bucket. Um, he can give you a bucket, you know, when you need it. And and I think he's just he's he's a reliable bench piece. That's that's right. and they got him for for bench money. He's not starting. I, I don't I don't know if he is starting. I'd be I'd I'd be surprised because he's. I thought he was starting, and if he isn't starting, that's good. If he's not starting, that's really good. Like really, I was really just <laughs> I think they're gonna put him on the bench. If that's the case, then that's really that, really good. That's what I think they're gonna do with him. I think perfect. He's gonna be. <laughs> A a solid because that's what they needed, JD. Let's be honest. Last year they that. had no bench help whatsoever. They were missing Rozier. They would put that second team in there. They would put the you know they would put the bench guys in there, and Flat. they just oh it was <laughs> it was next to nothing. They had no bench help, no depth at all. I find it so funny, right? That Carson Edwards during was it 2019 summer league was yeah. just balling, and then he gets to the NBA and he's he's okay. He's not that you know. It's like damn. That's how it shows He's the you. The size the of a hobbit. What do you expect? Yeah, that's true. He was balling though in the summer league. It made you think like, oh crap, the Celtics are loaded. And then it's like, well, I mean, he's okay. He's pretty good. He's the size of a <laughs> hobbit. You might as well just give one of them dudes a jersey and throw him out there. <laughs> that's terrible. He, they do need big guys. They need big, bigger guys though. Um, that's why they needed Horford. They need a guy. Oh, man, the veteran leadership and Horford coming back, I think, is going to benefit them huge. I think it will. I think so too, because I mean, Tatum respects him. They were now, one game away from the finals together. So now, what? Now let's see. So they now let's talk about a couple of guys they lost. So they lost Kemba. They mm. they lost Kemba. They lost um, and they lost Evan Fournier to I forget where he went. Um, see that one hurts a little actually. Uh, I think the Knicks. 
that see that yeah the Kemba one I think we all could see that coming yeah but Fournier Fournier leaving that he was a he was a, a pretty good bench bench piece for them that that's gonna that's gonna hurt he's um, a good player yeah. he's a lot better than people even realize like he's he's a great he kind of a little bit reminds me of uh I can't even think of it I can't even think of his name right now maybe it's not even no I can't even say that I can't even say that Darren Williams is way better but regardless, he's a good player, uh, and he knows what he's doing, and he's very intentional with with what he does. That's what I noticed about Fournier, especially during the Olympics. That Fournier is very like intentional; like he 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 doesn't waste time ever on the court. Like he doesn't kind of like dance ever. He's just like, all right, I'm gonna get the ball, rack, or I'm gonna get the ball, shoot. You know, it's I like that. I like that about him. He's very a matter of fact. Uh, yeah, yeah, Karam yeah, Fournier was a decent bench piece, decent. and that's that's. You know, that's He's better in the uh, in the Olympics. He was better. Same with Patty Mills. Oh my God, Patty Mills was ridiculous in the Olympics. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's. I think the Celtics. I think the best they could do is probably the Eastern Conference Finals now. Um, but if if Tatum takes another step forward and Brown takes a little step forward, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they end up in the finals. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah, they have talent. And. Now we're going to head back down I-90, back into Chicago. And your Bulls also were busy this offseason. They, oh, yeah. uh, you could tell they're, dude, they're, they're, they're trying to load up. They're, they're trying to load back up and, and, and make a run again. They're, they've, they were busy this offseason. They, they had a lot of, they had a lot of transactions go down. What do you, what were your, what do you think your winners, what were your winners and losers? And what did you make of their offseason? Well, I think that uh, the Bulls, what they did really well, and what I will say they did, and it's kind of fascinating, actually. They built for the future while also building for the present. It was, it was very impressive. Yeah. Uh, like, they basically put some pieces together. So what they're trying to do, from my perspective, is they're trying to make the best players on the team, like the best scorers on the team and the go-to guys on the team, Zach Levine, obviously, and then Patrick Williams. That's mm -hmm. what they're trying to do. And they're trying to build everything else around those guys so that those guys can flourish. So I really like that, that he has a lot of confidence, uh, yeah. Arturis Karnosovic, and his first-round pick, uh, his first year, uh, Williams. He has a lot of confidence in Williams. Um I think Williams has a high ceiling too. I think he's. I think the potential is definitely there. Uh, he says Bulls got to make the playoffs, JD. They they could. They they very well could make the seventh or eighth seed. I, I don't see them going much further. A lot of people are like, we're gonna make the fourth seed. I'm like, eh, slow down. Lonzo Ball is good. He's not a huge upgrade over Kobe White. Not a giant upgrade, but he's definitely because something that we lack tremendously is wing and guard defense. Tremendous lack of that because like Zach Levine for as good as he is on offense you can walk right through him I might be able to score on Zach Levine there's a good chance I could score on Zach Levine <laughs> which is bad it's really bad now he's a walking bucket now Zach Levine is an absolute beast when it comes on offense like he is an absolute monster I will not debate that but Lonzo Ball is a much better defender and I'm glad to have him on the team very glad to have Lonzo on the team because he can take certain guys I, I out of the game. I think that's going to be an underrated, an underratedly oh, yeah. good signing for you guys. I think he's, he's worth gonna, twenty million. I think he's, yeah, I think he's going to be an underratedly good signing. There you go, Lonzo. Take some money. 
It's not a max. It's not like we're maxing them out. It's twenty mil. The the sixth. I think the the I think the 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 fifth or sixth seed as a ceiling for the Bulls is absolutely doable. Absolutely. The and sixth, the thing about the Bulls, the eighth seed is the eighth seed is definitely doable. But like, the eighth seed is definitely doable. The sixth seed, sixth seed, fifth seed might be the ceiling. But you guys could definitely so. get in. I agree. I think we're in the hunt now. I think we're in the playoff hunt now. Uh, we can be above 500 now. That's, I feel like that I expect to be, a, I expect at least 40, 45 wins. I expect 45 wins. I don't expect anything above that, but I expect 45 wins, like flat. So, yeah, and, yeah that's fair. I mean, that's fair. Unless Williams takes a huge step forward, then we could be a real team. If Williams can take that next step, then we got a wing star with Levine and Lonzo and Vucevic. That's a team. That's a team. Vucevic, so. I think, was one of you guys' best signings because now you actually have to worry about a guy down low. Oh, yeah, and he's he's so low maintenance. He doesn't hardly ever need the ball. That's the greatest thing about him. It's just like... And you, you constantly go, have to respect him, too, because if you give him the ball down low, he's a he's a mismatch for a lot of people. For He's a mismatch he's for a lot of people. And he's, and he's crafty and he's skillful. So, yeah, you're right. And his footwork is impeccable. I don't know how much draw, of a defensive player he is. He'll, he'll draw doubles down low guaranteed he'll draw doubles down low and that's going to leave somebody someone open and if you guys can say yeah and with the with the passing ability of lonzo ball um yeah i think it, i think i think that's going to work out well for you guys i think that lonzo the best thing about lonzo is that he's improved every single year every yeah. year he's improved by like 10 to 20 percent so where is he going to be three years from now is he going to be like an actual like 22 five and uh, or 10 assist and like five rebound guy with yeah. like two steals a game. He could be. And if that's the case and the great thing about Chicago is we don't give a crap about money, dude. We sell out every single game. So that luxury tax for Jerry Reinsdorf, it's nothing. It's chump change. Throw it. He doesn't but care. See, that, that's a good thing though. That's a no, good it's great thing. thing. You know yeah. I mean? It's like, we know he knows, he knows the, he knows the worth. He's like, okay, it's a, it's, it's whatever the luxury tax is whatever a half million we'll pay the half million to to win games like that's yeah that's 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 like that's a mentality thing that's you know what i mean like that's that's a mentality thing that's that's good it's to nice have. to have that yeah it's like Some yeah who cares don't. about that we want to win you know well yeah like the bucks don't ever want to go past the luxury tax the fact that they won the title without going past the luxury tax i mean people do it it's not like people don't do it it's happened a lot but it's still just like man like they could still get better. Like if they wanted another piece in Milwaukee, they could get one. Like they could afford it probably if they needed to. So that's it's kind of fascinating. But uh, the Bulls, yeah, we got a long way to go. We have a long way to go. We're not like some people are going over the top. Oh, we got three stars now. Let's like, talk about let's talk about the Garpax firing too and how that affected all of this. Because it seems like as soon as you guys got rid of that, it was like. It's you almost know, like the, the fans are right sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you the, like, well, Bulls fans have been screaming for that for a long time now. That they don't, they do not real. like that upper management. They do not like how they're the direction that they've pointed the team in. And as soon as you get them out of there, it seems like that. You know what I mean? So, like four hundred days what, later, we're like in the playoff hunt. <laughs> it's like because wow. you were you had you had you had made a video about that when they when that had gone yeah. down that they had finally decided to get rid of them well and it's just jerry reinsdorf is a guy who doesn't love to like what's his name um the guy with the white socks 
for like when they won, who won the World Series. He didn't get rid of that guy for like ten years, even though they were just they were just crap. Um, so uh, what? Why does he got to be anyway? Uh, it's it's they were like the White Sox were crap for ten years, but like Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't like to get rid of somebody if they've because like they went to the okay. Garpacks did go. People forget they went to the Eastern Conference Finals like five times. Like a lot of people forget that they went in like 2005, 2007, 2009, and like 2011. Um, but after that was like the last time they were good. It was like eight years. So after like eight years, they're like, okay, you haven't been relevant for like eight years. We're done. I think that the fans after the second iteration of that like Eastern Conference Final team, we were ready to move on. We're like, okay, you've given us like two B minus products that had made to the Eastern Conference Finals and then gotten smacked down and never made it back. So I think we were just fed up. It was just like, all right, we're done. Like fire guard packs for like 10 years. So um, I'm glad it finally happened. Uh, lo and behold, it happens. We get somebody new, fresh. He takes our roster, flips it upside down, and all of a sudden we're in the playoff on. Bam. Just like that. That's all it took. So I love it. I love it. I'm happy to be a Chicago sports fan today. Sometimes it's, uh, it's it takes day. an outsider perspective. You know what I mean? Sometimes it oh, just yeah. takes a different look at something. An, an outsider perspective and a different look, you know, somebody new and different to come in and do something about it. It does. It's just a little bit different. That's all. Just a tray, a little bit different tray, a little bit different approach. It's not all or nothing. Garpax was silly. Like it, they were like, all right, we're going to be a tough team. We're going to be physical. And then they were like, all right, we're going to switch to shooting, but virtually did nothing to switch except for hire a coach who did that. And then they, and then they, and then they signed Dwayne Wade and stuff. And I was like, what? Like I thought we were gonna do a three-point shooting team. Where does what, what? How does he fit into this like this strategy? Like what are you guys talking about? So uh, no, they 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 kind of just were all over the place. They didn't know what they were doing. Um, I'm excited though. Yeah, they have a brand new front office. Yeah, they do. They have a good coach too. I think that uh, I used to think that um, Billy Donovan wasn't that good of a coach, and then whenever Katie left. And they still won like 48, 50 games. I was like, wow, okay, this guy's actually a pretty good coach. I take it back. Um, and ever since, and he's on the Bulls now. It's pretty good. Uh, it's exciting though. The, the Mavericks, man, uh, that I see you have them on the I 90 podcast. They technically are part of that too. Uh, I'm as a, a lot of yeah, you guys know. I think know, the respect for Luka Doncic. <laughs> I, I, got a, I got a jersey of his. <laughs> I, yeah. Luka Doncic is a beast. That's all I can say. He said, I missed the Lonzo talk as a kid that played sports with my brother and cousins always drove us to, uh, to compete. To compete. Let's talk about the ball brothers for a second, just for a second. So like, they're pretty amazing, right? Like, let's be real. Like, this is pretty crazy that like in 2016, this dude's just like, rah, 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 my son's better than Steph Curry. We obviously know that wasn't true. But these three guys are all going to be in the NBA. Like, Leangelo Ball is 100% going to be in the NBA now. Oh, yeah. He's improved his shot so much. He'll be, he'll be in there at some point. He'll get in there at some point. He may not, like, he may not sign a big contract or be a star or anything. I think LaMelo is really the only star. Like, Lonzo's not necessarily a star. He's a good A uh, B-plus player. That's what Lonzo is. He's a good player. He's not a star. But you want him on your team. For sure, you definitely want him on your team. Um, no, yeah. no doubt, no, no doubt. Yeah, I love it though. I'm excited. The basketball so season is gonna be great. Yeah. Let's head into the final, the final segment of the show. Let's talk some baseball, JD. 
All right, so you've been, I've been, I've been screaming about the Red Sox upper management on how they, how this team was on fire before the MLB All Star break, absolutely on fire. They they could not be stopped. They could not be stopped. They were hitting the crap out of the baseball. They they were the the team chemistry was just it was it was awesome, pitching hitting. You know, defense, all all of it. It was the you know the guys making incredible defensive plays in the field, um, everything just on point. They were firing on all cylinders, and then all of a sudden the All Star break hits, <laughs> and this the cracks started to show about a week before, maybe like a week before the All Star break, that this team was def was was going to need not much but a little bit of help that they needed a first baseman and they needed some back end pitching help to to really like secure their spot as a world series contender. They might have not have they might with a little bit of help they might not have been a guarantee to win it, but getting there was an absolute possibility for them with a little bit of help. Not much, they just like I said, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have to crush yourself in the you know, with you know, you don't you wouldn't have to crush yourself and go in to get a little bit of help, but the the, the signs were there that they were going to need it. They were going to need a little bit of help to to truly cement themselves as a a World Series contender. And the the front office does nothing, literally does nothing for them. Maybe a couple of scrap heap moves here or there, but they do nothing. And what does it do? It crumbles the the it crumbles the team confidence for what a month. Now it's finally starting to build back up. They're finally starting to get a little bit of momentum back. But for a whole month, JD, it was bad. Like they they played bad. Their body language was bad. Every it, they just you could tell that they just were not in it. And my my biggest gripe is that that organization is worth three point five billion, and you're telling me. That Man. they couldn't spend seven hundred and fifty. They didn't want to spend seven hundred thousand dollars, or like it was. It's between five hundred and seven hundred thousand dollars. The luxury tax. You're telling me that they didn't want to spend that to go and win another World Series. What does that tell? Like that tells me everything that I need to know about John Henry and how he looks at this team. He 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 doesn't think of them as a contender. You don't think. I, I think if he looked at them as a contender, he would have said, we need a little, we need, we need, I don't need to go crazy here. If I have to spend, if, if here's my, if you're worth three and a half billion, spend the 700,000 to win a world series championship and raise the, do whatever you can go all yeah. out. You're worth three and a half billion and you can't spare $750,000 to win a world series championship. They got to be like one of the top five franchises in they the are. MLB. They're, they're yeah, the, they have to be. They're the third highest, over wow. the third highest value team in history. Yankees, Cubs, Red Sox. It's Yankees, uh, um, the Yankees, and there's somebody ahead of them, and then I think they're Dodgers. They're, Probably the Dodgers. It's it's someone. They're number three though, and they're wow. also number th number three. On the the World Series title list, it goes Yankees, Cardinals, Red Sox. Well, I mean, they had they had like an eighty year drought, and now they win like every five years. So I think that you really can go all in every year when you're the Red Sox. 
because they'll find a way to at least compete. It's something about like Fenway Park and something like for the 21st century. They've always found a way to compete. Um, I don't know though, man. Like it's a different team than it has been. Didn't they like sell a bunch of people last year? Did they like during the trading deadline? Did they like dump like three contracts? It was like well, I don't remember who of, they got. Of, they got rid of Betts was the big one that they let walk last year. Mookie they Betts. let Mookie Betts walk. Right, that's what it and was. And then he went and he went and won a World Series with the Dodgers. You know what I mean? They let yeah. him walk, and he went and won a World Series with the Dodgers. That's tough. <laughs> and it's it, it's you got to pay for that. that. That just aggravated me as a Red Sox fan that you can't like you're one of the top ranked like net worth teams out there. You got to go what crazy. You sacrifice that seven hundred thousand at any chance you get to go win a title. Go and win it. Go pay the seven hundred thousand and win a title. Like I don't know. It just that infuriated me that they just that they just did nothing. They literally did nothing to help them. Yeah, I, I don't blame you because the Red Sox are always seeming to be in the mix. Whereas the Cubs, it's like we had that one special year, and yeah. ever since then we've just been trash. So we kind of we had a fire sale this year. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's it was just that just aggravate aggravated me as a fan. Like I'm sure, like looking like as a like, you know what I'm talking about. Just just looking it up or management and being like, this would not have taken much to put this team right on the verge of another title, and they just refused right. to do it. Did they get Kyle Schwarber recently, or was that was that last year? They did get Schwarber. Yes, they did. So that's one guy. But like besides that, they haven't done much else, huh? It's like, and I and like. I, I don't know. I, I'm. I've just been. Some of the 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 moves have just been head scratching for me. Like, yeah, they they're the the, the Bobby Dahlbeck, the first baseman for them, is not good. He's not good. He's hitting like one. He's hitting like one eighty. You know. Yeah. And has like under thirty RBIs. It's, There's a lot of guys who have just tanked averages these days. It's like all about the analytic game, and I feel like at some point you got to start making contact with the ball just to keep he, yourself in the game. Put the ball in play. The eyeball yeah. test, right? Who cares about the analytics? How? Go by the eyeball test. If a guy's got momentum, you know it, it, it's just like I don't know. There's a lot. You know of who's an eyeball star? You remember when we were young? Like Mark Derosa, he was mm-hmm. an eyeball star. Like he, you'd look and be like, that guy is a star, but nobody knew about him because the stats weren't that flashy. But dude, whenever there needed to be something done, oh man, there's two runners on second base. It's not. It's the ninth inning cracked it was gone so that, that like there's guys like that that you need like in those special moments that don't show up all the time on the analytics sheet like as the top guy but you yeah. need them in those moments like oh we need a big hit like Derek Jeter Derek Jeter is not that impressive analytically like statistic wise he's like okay people will be like why is he so legendary it's because those plays man those the hits clutch, in those the clutch big plays moments the- it's true yeah, no, no doubt Big Poppy no is another one, obviously. Big moments. So let me ask you another Red Sox question from an outsider's point of view. Can Chris Sale save this season? Can can one can one save person the save the Red Sox season? Or do no, they- I haven't. See, this is an outsider's perspective and also kind of like a, I haven't watched enough Red Sox games. I think I've watched like five, six this year. But yeah. I have watched a lot of Chris Sale being from Chicago. And I do know that he is a very talented guy. Like he he has some nasty stuff. Like he mm-hmm. has some nasty stuff in his uh in his um obviously in his hand. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh can he save him? I don't know. They have to baseball is all about momentum, man. 
Baseball's always seen it with the Tampa Bay Rays. We've seen it with the Sox. We've seen it with the with the Cubs. It's all about momentum. So it's no one guy. Chris Sale's not going to save them alone. Like if everybody starts clicking on all cylinders and Chris Sale just comes out there and throws nasty stuff every night, they have a good they have as good a chance as anybody because mm-hmm. they got the guys. They got some guys on their roster. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I don't think one guy is going to save them. No, I don't think. Yeah, not yeah, alone. No, I, I I agree with you. I I don't think, and I think it's bad for people to put that much pressure on Sale. Sure, he hasn't. Dude, don't forget, he had Tommy John. He he hasn't yeah. contributed to this team. I did hear he was in hurt, almost yeah. two years. You know, and you're gonna put all this hope and all this, all this. You you're gonna put. What do you get hurt again? This, you're gonna pile all this hope and all this, this stuff on that on those on that guy's shoulders. That's not. It's not a healthy thing for any like for do like I hope he does well. I really do. I hope he comes out and he tears it up. But you shouldn't you shouldn't place all of that stress and all of that hope just on one guy. You got to hope that the team is there to back him too. Because if he pitches the way that we know he can pitch, you've seen him on a roll there in in Chicago. Seen no hitters. That that's what crazy. I mean. If if he if he just does his thing and can. And can be the guy that, and can be the guy that, you know, just a steady piece in the in the pitching lineup, and and the team rally. Like that's what you need. Like the, you, that's all we need. That's all you need from him. And and, and here's my here's my uh, point. I guess is like I guess my only my only response is this: is that Shohei Otani is probably the greatest baseball player in the history of the of the human existence, and the Angels are only. Only won 58 games and lost 59. So one person ain't gonna do it. It has to it's everybody. It's all like it's 20 out of 25 of the roster has to be locked in. So it's uh, like Trout too. It's like a two-man team over there, and they haven't exactly. been able to accomplish much. They have the MVP, they have the MVP and the greatest player, maybe in the history of baseball. And yeah. they're just like 50%. Like, that's terrible. That's terrible. It's just yeah, it's because you need everybody. You need like 18 at least or 20 of your guys to be locked in and playing well at the right time every year. So uh, baseball is very circumstantial. Like you can have a guy, what was it? Was it the Indians last, like the one year they were like, they had like the greatest run in the history of 150 years of baseball. And yeah. then they like trashed in the playoffs. They were just, yeah, they, 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 the, the momentum, happen? the momentum left and it was just gone. Yeah. It was just, it's gone. It's it. It's, you know, we were all clicking and now you're not. And that's a how perfect, baseball is. A perfect example of catching, of catching lightning in a bottle and momentum and using it all the way to a title. The 2013 Red Sox. Yes. The Red Sox have done this a few times where, like, uh, their first They just one, caught lightning in a bottle yeah. and just rolled with it through, through was the... Was it 04? Uh, where they were down, like, three games or something yeah, like that? The, yeah, the, the 04 ALCS. Yeah. They all just... They everyone won. just started... Flipped the switch. And all the players are playing well, and they won a freaking title. First title yeah. in, like, 60 years or something like that. 80 years, I don't remember. Crazy. Momentum, momentum in any sport is a powerful thing. If you, if you, and it can, yeah, it, it, it can, man. It can absolutely affect the outcome of games. Absolutely. Oh yeah. She said Trout's been out since May. That, I guess I forgot about that. I forgot he got hurt. But that, um, it, yeah. he, that's the sad thing too. Cause he's, he's a phenomenal player oh, and yeah. he may never get a ring. You know what that's I mean? Sad. That is sad. I mean, you never know, like towards the end of your career, end of your contract. Uh, I mean, Albert Pujols, that's the thing. Like Albert Pujols, 
he's a really good example of that. Like he got his ring with the Cardinals, but then he left and they got another ring without him. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. yeah, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, damn, I'm not part of that anymore. <laughs> so it's well, um for the last, uh, what do you got to do? You got anything else you want to talk about? Um, I would just say, uh, no, I mean, that's I, that pretty much covers anything. The last thing I would touch on is that Luka Doncic just signed uh, like the biggest contract in the history of Dallas I saw, Mavericks. I, I saw the that. Youngest. Yeah, the history of the Mavericks franchise, right? Yeah, and he's the youngest player to ever sign $200 million contract, I think, in all major American sports, I think. And maybe soccer is the only one that, that has somebody like that. So it's cool. And I think that it's interesting because, like, the Mavericks, they uh, – <clears throat> a lot of people are like, oh, it's Luka and they're all just a bunch of trash. That's not true, actually. But they don't have a lot of pieces. They they are missing like three three pieces, in my opinion, and that's and that's really tough. So if you're like a Dallas Mavericks fan or even just a Luka Doncic fan, um, it's not like the Bucks. Like the Bucks, they put everything around Giannis, and like eventually they kind of grind it, like grinded it out. Eventually, that could be the Mavericks. I don't know. We'll see though. Uh, other than that, no, I don't really have anything. Like it's been, we covered a lot. I'm really excited. I'm about to turn on the the Bears game actually pretty soon here. I'm pretty hyped. It's about to start. I think it might have already started actually. All right, guys. So here's how we'll work this for the final, let's say, ten minutes of this show, ten or fifteen minutes of this show, probably 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 ten. We will answer questions from you guys, so you can ask us whatever you want, and we will we'll give you our our opinions on on what y'all want so if anybody's got any questions feel free to drop them in the chat and me and jd will will answer them for you can't say i'll answer them right but i'll answer them. <laughs> bear down right jd oh, bear down bear down boys let's go <laughs> Woo! justin fields let's go i'm excited man let's go <laughs> bear, bear fucking down <laughs> who's excited for the bears like me i want to hear that what do you think of micah parsons oh okay hold on we got a first we got we got a few here let's go with coach plays first he said what do you think of the michael thomas potential trade what do you think of that what so what do we think of the michael thomas trade potential. that's that's interesting he it's it's kind of it's kind of amusing drew Brees leaves and mike oh mike thomas is like yeah i don't I don't know if I exactly want to be here with Jameis Winston throwing me the football. So right. <laughs> they're going to have to, the, the saints are going to have to over, they're either going to have to pay him to stay there or it, it'll, that's an interesting game of chess because to me, Thomas has the leverage. Cause if they lose him, they're screwed. I, um, I wouldn't care if I'm the saints. I really wouldn't. Uh, I'd be like, okay. Um, but they well, could get a haul for him. Yeah, we could either trade him and get whatever we want for him, or he will play pretty well for us. Like I, I think the Saints don't believe that they're going to the Super Bowl this year. Maybe they do. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't believe that they believe they're going to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, so they're just kind of like seeing what they have. So I don't think they really care if they keep Michael Thomas or not. <laughs> That's my opinion. They would definitely get a haul for him, though. They would be able to get a lot for him. So Who when would it comes to like future, future building of the team, that would be a reason why they would trade them for sure to, to get a, a haul. So Who would want them, you think? 
And then Karam says, what do you think of Micah Parsons? I think he's going to be that dude. I think Parsons is going to be good. I think he's got a very high ceiling. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. No doubt. Um, I would say uh, who, who, who could – who would even like – who could afford Michael Thomas? Like, let's be realistic. Like, who could afford him? Like, the Bears, maybe. The Bears probably could. Um, the Giants? The Giants already got a couple receivers. No, the right? Giants signed Kenny Galladay. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. I forgot to send Galladay. Who would even – yeah, who would benefit from Michael? That's the thing. These receivers, as great as they might be – oops. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Oh, that was weird. Your camera cut out. My back. There we go. That, that was weird. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. It, as great as they are, like Hopkins, it, everyone trashed the Texans for getting rid of Hopkins. And I do think they got, like, very little for him. Um, but I just don't even, like, these guys, these receivers, they're kind of, like, uh, expendable. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can always make get a new receiver. You really can. Like, there's a million of them who are trying to be stars. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just That's just my opinion. I, w- I wouldn't care either way. I'd be like, oh, you want right, more money? So here, oh, whatever. Here's one from John Larson. He says, the Patriots coaching staff, is the pressure pressured. on them? Not. So, I wouldn't say the staff, John. I would not say the staff. I'm going to say there, there's the pressure is going to be on the players this year to execute. And if you're asking if, like, Belichick has the heat cranked up on him, probably not. Probably. I would go with no. I would Belichick cost the Patriots a seventh Super Bowl, and he could still f off for another decade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he lost them a Super Bowl. They could have had seven. They could have had the most ever. And he could still f off for a decade, and he would keep his job. That's a fact. All right, so let's go down. He said, Kevin Stewart said, "Did you guys already talk about Mac Jones starting over Cam Newton? We it, did. Um, we talked about it earlier in the show, but well, I'll give." I'll give the opinions again. Um, I would not, un- unless unless Mac Jones is a clear-cut, dominant, uh, no-questions-asked winner of that quarterback battle, is the only way that I would... That, and Cam Newton, I mean, would have to fall flat on his face in the rest of training camp and the rest of these games for for uh, for, for them to start. And even then... I wouldn't put Mac Jones versus Tom Brady. I would I would let Cam Newton start this season and I would go through probably about week six. And then if the team is struggling, struggling, and they're not and they're not good and they're under five hundred, you know, they're under five hundred I mean like way under five hundred. Only if the team is is ridiculously struggling and just not looking good. And it's it's clear and blatant that uh, that Cam is falling flat on his face then I would start him. But it's to me, it's it's they start with with Cam. But Jones is right there. He's he's pushing Cam to the limit. Don't get it twisted. He is and he will. I don't think Cam has to lose the job. I think Jones has to take the job. If Cam loses the job, Hoyer should take should take over. Mac has to win that job, be cl- like you said, clearly better for me. I would if, because, like you said earlier, um, I, and I totally agree with this. Uh, you said earlier that um, that 
it's easier to put to put Mac in than to put Cam in for Mac, right? Like it's 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 easier. The, yeah. The transition. It's a lot easier to go from Cam to Mac. Right. Then if you start Mac Jones at the beginning of the season, and then you got to go back to Cam Newton because the kid's, you know, faltering and he doesn't look that that's a that's a transition that's got to be timed right it can mess it can mess with your team's chemistry and your team's like mentality like their confidence so i agree like you have to be 100 certain that mac is 100 better than cam and that he's clear cut and not only cam but hoyer too he has to be better than hoyer too so because a lot of people think hoyer's hoyer's bad i mean compared to cam newton in the pocket hoyer is about the same like <laughs> they're about like the equal but in the pocket i would say uh let's see so this says, and then they say, hold on, let's make sure. And then Kevin says, Patriots secondary, should be should we be worried? At this point, no. I think that was the first real, real, you know, the first like game speed game that they saw. I would be worried if that's the same performance in the third game. That's when that's when I would get worried. Uh no, because Belichick and uh, Pete Carroll, well, mostly Belichick, is the greatest secondary coach in the history of football. So no, yeah. <laughs> the greatest. Like, there's no one. That's like the one thing that Belichick does better than literally everyone. Then it's like offense, eh. drafting, eh. secondary. It's not even close. Belichick's way better. That's why he wins so many Super Bowls. He got good pass rush, and he's got an amazing secondary. Always. He'll figure it out. If it's not good now, it'll be good in like six months. All right. We'll take a few more questions, guys, and then we will call it. We will call it a show. This is episode one of the I-90 Sports Podcast. I've absolutely so loved this. Y'all are here for fun. the inaugural episode of the show. Yes. Weekend podcasts. Was it going to be two, two, every, uh, two every weekend? One or two every weekend, depending on our schedules. Dependent on the schedule, yeah. Yeah, get in, get in a podcast every week. I, uh, yeah, it's been great. It's been really fun. You guys are an awesome chat as well. Lots of oh, smart yeah. guys. Your chat is always the best. Your chat's <laughs> so smart. They have good questions. They talk about they're just smart guys. I love you guys. You guys are the best. Carson says the strength, the secondary with the strength of the defense. I think they will get it straightened out. I think they will. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. If that's game three of the preseason and it, that's a performance like that, then yeah. But I think that Belichick will straighten that out. He said, I'm mostly interested to see the kicker situation. Kicker situation in New England. Yes. That's interesting. I haven't seen much of that. Will Norton take the that. spot over Falk? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That would be interesting. I don't Norton, know. I think that's. I think that's. Norton has to take that spot from Nick Falk. That's, Nick Falk's that's been around the league. <laughs> yeah, he's got to take that spot from from Falk if he if he wants it. But we'll take a few more questions, guys, and then we will call it a show. We appreciate y'all. Uh, we appreciate y'all showing up, JD. I think your camera cut out again. Yeah, I see that. I don't know what's going on. Reset again. That kicker situation, though, is interesting. Um, because the kid, the kid Norton, didn't look bad, but it's a very, very small sample size. Like very small sample size. 
I switched the USB. That kicker from New England, though, did did he, uh, Norton, he, it was a small sample size, but he did look pretty good. That's good. I mean, that's, uh, we know, <laughs> trust me, the Bears know all about bad and unreliable <laughs> bad kickers. So we know about bad quarterbacks, and we know about bad kickers. That's what we're famous for. So, uh, yeah, it's it's very important to get the kicker right, as we know. Very important. Well, here we here we go. So, does JJ Taylor make the roster for New England? Thank you, I Bill. would, I would, I would, I would put him on the roster for New England. I would, I would take JJ Taylor on the roster because that way you don't have to sacrifice receivers, running backs, special teams guys. You don't, you wouldn't have to sacrifice guys who play, who are who are valuable in 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 other spots in the you know in other positions as a punt returner when you can just have a designated guy to do that and i think taylor jj taylor is not only can you use him as a change of pace like to give to give james white a breather if he needs to but you can also use him to just to just catch catch punts catch punt. the patriots have like four starting running backs on their roster every year <laughs> They re- no, they do. They do. They really but do. I would, I would absolutely, I would absolutely use him as a special teams guy in a heartbeat. I would, I would. That, like I said, that way you don't have to put a receiver or somebody of value, somebody who's valuable elsewhere, in danger of getting hurt from catching a punt. Have a good day at work, Phil. God bless. All right, Phil. See you later, buddy. So here's a question. We'll do this one and then one more, and then we will get out of here. Yeah. So John says, with the Red Sox playing badly now, do you think it came from not having any upgrades from the trade? Yes. Yes. I think that's a massive part of it. We talked about that earlier, John, about how the momentum just got taken right out of their sails from the all-star break on. I, I, I think that I think the team, I think the team took it personal. I think they took it a little personal that they didn't get any help. Um, because the the team chemistry was just something else between, you know. And I, I think that really did. I took. I think that took a ton of momentum out of their sales, and it's finally starting to like. Find they're finally starting to get some momentum back, and uh, it's um. It's uh, it definitely was a factor. I'm gonna go with yes. It absolutely was. That question, uh, I, I I would I'll take your word for it. I agree with you 100 on the Red Sox stuff because I, I haven't seen that much, but I agree that if they they should go all in. Um, this this question by Kevin Stewart, uh, I've been looking into that a little bit. Um, this one here, the wide receiver question. Yeah, I don't think the Patriots ever do enough to upgrade their wide receivers. Ever, I don't think they ever have. <laughs> they're uh, they're still just- win though. Kevin, if you're a Patriots fan, we've never, we've never, val- there are just certain positions that Bill Belichick does not put a lot of value on. There are just certain positions that he'll never draft high on. He he never drafts high on running backs. You know, he never drafts high on wide receivers. There's just certain positions where he never puts a lot of value into. And unfortunately for, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of the skilled positions on the field, you know? Well, and the, the rules are increasingly going towards the wide receiver and quarterback yeah. position and away from the grounded pound type of style that he would normally do. But it doesn't mean that you can't do it. Um, oh, thank you, Kevin Stewart. Enjoy the games as well, my guys. Everybody that's been tuning in, thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, during this. It's been so much fun. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree that they, they, they need to, yeah, he said Randy Moss was our only great receiver. That's true. That's just yeah. true. He was the only great receiver. Like Wes Welker, you could argue. Julian Edelman had moments. Deion, what was his name again? But the, see, Julian Brand. Edelman and yeah. Wes, they weren't drafted high. He they, they, built, they built themselves into what they were, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. Initially, he never he never puts a lot of he never drafts those positions high because he just doesn't he doesn't think the return on invest, you know, he would rather get a guy that he thinks he, they can build up and has really He's just been good at finding really good talent late in the draft. I mean, that's it right there. And uh, some of those receivers work out. Some of those ta- didn't he draft Chris Hogan? Did they he draft did. Chris Hogan? Yeah. See, like some of those guys work out, um, but some of those guys he gets so late because nobody else wanted them, and uh, they they kind of they 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 peak with the Patriots, and they mm-hmm. go somewhere else, sign a good deal, and they're trash. Um, yeah. No, Lawrence Baroni was one of the only ones that didn't. He was one of the only ones that was like, all right, this guy's a, a stud. But uh, a lot of guys peak with the Patriots, it seems like. Moss peaked with the Patriots, obviously. <laughs> he really did. Um, but that was A lot of that was Tom Brady. Tom Brady, nobody can ever tell me it's just Bill Belichick ever again. It was the, the combination ever. of the two. It was. Bill Bill drove Bill drove Brady. Bill challenged Brady throughout his whole career and they fed off of one another. Bill you know created I mean? a monster. He did. He did. No, he did. He, he did. really did. He created he built Brady was always very mental, very meticulous, very very just driven, driven. and Belichick just absolutely just drove that fact home with him he whipped to be, him. <laughs> to be a student of the game Bill Belichick taught Brady to be a student of the game and to just study everything and that's Brady's Brady was always he had that in him he had that that mentality that that student of the game Belichick just helped him refine it and that, and drove it home that that fundamentals are what matters and Brady is just maniacal when it comes to that and they they fed off of each other for 20 seasons man uh um I know yeah that's that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is he he basically Bill saw that Brady was a determined man like a very determined person and Bill was like oh okay you're determined I'm gonna just like put everything on you all the time. Brady just kept getting better and better and better and better. And now Brady is so much better than every other, like the things, the little things that Brady does, people don't really talk about it. Like I'll, I always go back to this play against the bears with Akeem Nix. Akeem Nix broke through the Patriots line and uh, was right next to Brady. What does Brady do? He literally does like a, a army roll. It was amazing. Like he never takes hits. He doesn't get hurt. He doesn't miss plays. He's he's always getting the right read. He does all the little things so well. He makes it look so easy that people think he's that he's bad and it's just his team. But he makes it look so easy. Yeah, because Belichick drove that fact home. Fundamentals. If oh, you yeah. are fundamentally sound at your, you know, if you are fundamentally you sound, succeed. yeah, he they they fed off of they fed off of each other. It was always the combination of the two that made them so dangerous. You know, oh, yeah. Belichick fed Brady the information that Brady needed. You know what I mean? Bill, he, what he do craved you... it. Yeah. And then it, it, it's just, and then he took it. Brady took that mentality that 
feed me my the information I need so I can, you know what I mean? He mm-hmm. took that down to Tampa and Arians, once again, they just worked together. He fed him. He just kept giving him, you know, he, he gave him the information. Brady's, Brady's mind is his greatest weapon. His mind, Absolutely. his mind is his greatest weapon and the ability to be accurate with a football, the, his accuracy and his, and his knowledge of the game are what makes him a, a freaking legend. It really does. It's exactly what it is. And he'll always be that good. And the crazy thing is how well he's taking care of his body. He could, he can honestly, like, this is a, like, we were joking five years ago about him playing until he's 45. He could play till he's 50. He He could 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 legitimately play till he's 50. With as healthy as he is, he could go another two seasons and make it to 47. He could. I think he'd go even further. He looks like he's 35. (laughs) (laughs) He really does. He looks like he's, he's young, like, it's amazing it's amazing but thanks for having me over on man on your channel it's been absolutely incredible and i look forward to doing this like every week all season and maybe even always <laughs> we'll see that that'd be awesome yeah guys so this is gonna be yeah we're gonna do this every weekend this is gonna be a weekend a weekend uh sports show we're just gonna go we're gonna go back and forth between boston and chicago and then we'll sprinkle in you know, some big sports events or news. If anything drops, we'll give our opinions on that, but we're just going to talk about each other's teams. And, and, uh, and this is, like I said, it's going to be a weekly thing. Me and JD will be here once or twice a weekend, depending on the schedule. And uh, we will go from there, but this is the inaugural episode of I 90 sports. We appreciate y'all for uh, tuning in. Thanks for being a good audience guys. Kevin Carson, uh, John Larson, all the who else was in here? Missy was in here. All the regulars, Phil. Um, like I said, a lot. My chat, my the the supporters of the channel are awesome, guys. Y'all are great. We appreciate you. Awesome. The sports stopped in here. Um, Decay was up in here once again, guys. Thank you for for uh, thanks for stopping in. Appreciate the subscription, Kevin Stewart. Welcome to the Beantown Breakdown family. We're going to be going live again for the Red Sox and the Orioles in a little bit, or at least I'm going to schedule my 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 schedule, providing that it's going to be cool. Because I'm, right. I'm yeah, we should be going live for the Red Sox and the Orioles. Looking forward to that. But thanks for tuning in, guys, to the inaugural episode of I90 Sports. We will see you guys every weekend for this. Me and JD will be back. JD, good luck to your Bears. I hope you guys stomp. I hope you guys uh, stomp them into the ground. Heck yeah. I see Get that. Ur- I see the Erlacher jersey. Bear one down, my, boys! Let's go. One of, my, one of my favorite non-Patriot players to watch play because he was an because he was a maniac. He's the best. I miss him. But thanks again, guys. We appreciate the time. We appreciate y'all hanging out in the chat, and uh, we will see you guys next weekend for episode two and more Boston and Chicago sports news. We're out of here, guys. Thanks again for the support. Peace. Y'all have a good weekend, and we will see you later. We're out. Peace.